It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Friday, April 28th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that wants to know what the trade value is for some of our players, Russ. I want to know. Yeah, we're going to get into what the Flyers could potentially get for Kevin Hayes, Travis Konechny, and Ivan Provorov, all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here, as always, with Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. You can subscribe or follow us for free on YouTube or anywhere you listen to podcasts to get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Russ, uh, continuing our discussion a a little bit from yesterday, uh, everyday listeners will know we went over the U18 tournament so far and got into some draft prospects. Uh, The broadcast called out Danny Briere as being at the tournament, uh, as well as at least part of the scouting group. So that was good to hear. But it was very interesting that they called him out specifically because like probably every team has people there, right? Yeah, of course. You have to be there. Uh, I think they're just doing it based on the fact that he's an interim and that he's still there. I think that's it. Um, If they were actually going to call him out, what you'd want to call him out on would be um, this group has never drafted a a European with a first-round pick, and I think it's two out of the last 11 drafts for the Flyers with European picks, meaning being uh, Ivan Provorov and and the other one being German group stuff. So to me – it's important because they may be in a situation where they could be drafting a European player. And the question is, would they do it? Yeah, it's a a very interesting question for sure. Uh, Lots of guys we talked about yesterday made an impact in the quarterfinal game. So go back and listen. If you Mm -hmm. have not, uh, as of recording, uh, Team USA won over Czechia, Slovakia hold on to win over Finland and Canada, one over Switzerland. So we'll be following that tournament to its conclusion and uh, recap on Monday's show. For the Flyers, uh, we got some unofficial word out there that some guys are going to change their numbers. Uh, Noah Cates is apparently going to wear 27 next year. I saw for the Flyers. With Noah Cates with the 27, so you know that one's legit even though it's not been announced. Right. Uh, I'm still going to think of him as 49. I like it better, but it's his number, so he gets to choose. Uh, I like that Cam York is going to switch to eight, uh, because to me, he's always been eight. It's in his like social media handles, uh, and that's what he wore with the U.S. uh, development program. Uh, So I like that, and I like Morgan Frost sticking with 48. Uh, just because it's kind of like, yes, Danny Briere, GM, I will take your number, please and thank you. Oh, keep your number. Keep me here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it. All right. Digging into our trade value discussion today, we're going to start with Travis Konechny. And his current contract has two years left on it at $5.5 5 Um The 
cat friendly comparables were really interesting. They were kind of all over the place, I thought. And yeah. that kind of describes Travis Connecty to me is a little all over the place. But sure. uh, you look at, at comparables, Josh Anderson, Oliver Bjorkstrand, uh, Tom Wilson, Jonathan Huberdeau. Right. I mean, and I think there's a little bit of Travis Konechny in each one of those guys. Right. Like he's, he doesn't have the high end that Huberto does. He doesn't have the physicality Correct. that Wilson does. Uh, Bjorkstrand doesn't always hit that number. And Anderson sometimes does when he's healthy. So like, this is why I don't like comparables. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. For this exact reason is why I don't use them because he's none of them. Like as a yeah, whole. He's none of them, but I think all of them at the same right. time. Yeah. But uh, looking at this past season and thinking about it in terms of how do you value a guy like Travis Konechny, a career high 31 goals. He did go down in assists this year, but possibly due to the fact that some of his shots actually went in. <laughs> so, uh, but it is important to have that discussion about him as a playmaker. Absolutely. Uh, but he also, I think on the upside, he added the penalty kill to mm -hmm. his skill set. And I think that's huge where, you know, there's, demonstrable evidence that he can play in any situation and that's an important thing to showcase when you're trying to trade a guy it is i mean he's a guy that you wouldn't have to eat any salary when you trade so that's a good thing um but he's also a guy that's not a top liner so that's that's where you're not gonna that's gonna mitigate the value of he, for most of the teams in the league he's not a top line player you think so? I think yeah, there I think is for, a certain I set. Think for about 70% of them, he's not a top-line player. Well, I mean, he is in, I think he was finished uh, in the high 70s in scoring this year for the league. And so that sort of puts him in the top-line tier if you are just yeah. making a stratus based on scoring. Not so much. I think that, I, I don't think he's a top-team top-liner. That's well, he's for sure. Not that. Yeah. But we'll in you know, in in the bottom half of the league, I think there's a case to be made that he's a top liner, especially when you consider you know he was a lot more prolific in scoring this year, and I think it aligns more closely to what he can be and what he is versus maybe what the dips looked like. But that's something that's very difficult to prove. And I yeah. think that in making a trade like this, in terms of negotiating a return, that's something that the Flyers would have to work very hard on make, building a case. Like if you want a first round draft pick back for him, for instance. You're not getting it. Well, I, I think that that's the, starting, that's the starting point for negotiation, in my opinion, because I think that if you're looking to get uh, assets like a draft pick in return, as opposed to a player in return for him, I think that that's your starting off point if it's a low first round pick. So the last five, six picks well, in, okay, in the so first round. There's, all right. So you only know that if it's this year's draft, there's no way anybody would give you a first rounder for him this year. They're not doing it. If they pedal him at the draft, it's not going to happen. But what I think could happen is you definitely could get a draft pick and you can get a B type prospect based on the type of position you're looking for. So as an example, if you're looking for a defenseman, uh, maybe somebody a little lesser than a, a Grant, I, uh, Brant Clark for LA, he's, he's more closer to an A, but he's sort of like straddling a B and an A. And so something like that, or 
you know, if you were looking for a a forward, um, if I was thinking about just getting a forward from another team, that one's a little tougher because I think I think you can get a little higher on the forward value. Uh, you wouldn't be able to get anybody like at a Cole Caulfield level, but I think you'd be able to get somebody at like a like a young player, like a Christian Dvorak level, but a young player. So somebody who could play the second line. So I think I think that's what you sort of would be looking to do. If it were me, I would be looking for like that second, that guy who could possibly be a second liner and a second round pick. That's what I would take for him. To me, that's the difference, right? That if you can get a first round pick for him, that's all you're getting back in the return is that first round pick. But if you're going to accept a second round pick, you need something else in return with it. And I think, uh, you know, a prospect to your point, I think is a really good one, like that level of prospect. Um, Or you get, you know, another pick, like a, a third or fourth rounder along with the second rounder. I think that's kind of the direction you have to go. But um, do you think that the sample size we've gotten from Travis Konechny is enough to get that top level return? I think you're more likely to get the B type prospect and second rounder. Like as an example, I just like using the Kings because they have a lot of prospects. Uh, if you could get, you know, Francesco Pinelli, uh, who can be a center in the future and and a second round pick from them knowing, you know, yeah, they're probably going to be a good team again next year. I would accept that because Pinelli, the minute you, you, you know, as an example, he had 90 points this year and he's a guy that's, you know, three years away, but he's a good player. And that's something where you could afford the loss of Konechny because, you know, maybe a year after Konechny's contract runs out, you'd start seeing him. That's the kind of guy I would be searching out. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned the LA Kings, just because the Flyers have a history of trading a big-name player for some young guys with a lot of potential that hadn't maybe broken out yet in Braden Shen and Wayne Simmons. So um, I I do think that... That's another reason I like to pick them, because they happen to draft pretty well, too. They do. They absolutely do. And, you know, say what you will, but I think both of those guys have gone, you know, went on to have pretty successful careers uh, in the NHL. And, and so, and, and Braden Shen, you know, won a cup. So I think that unfortunately not with the Flyers, but all that being said, yeah, I think that's kind of where I'm at too, that I would try and start with the first round pick and then I would kind of say, okay, I want a second rounder and a quality prospect. Right. And that's when you start going down the list. And so like, you know, if we're going down the list with the Kings, it's kind of like, okay, um, you know, what about Jack Hughes from Northeastern? They're going to say no. And you say Brant Clark and for Konechny, it's going to be a no. Um, So then you say, all right, you know, they're not going to give you a buy field. You know, would you accept Helgi Granz, who's a really good defenseman, uh, who's second year in Ontario. Eh, now that they traded Brock Faber, probably not. Yeah. And then I think that's where, you know, then, then I think you start talking about Pinelli and, you know, Alex LaFerrier, who is a little older, but still in college and did start to play in Ontario at the end of this year. So he just turned pro. He's really good. I mean, I've, I've done a big 
article on Leferrier. So I'm just saying that's the kind of guy I think you would get because that's also the kind of guy that would mold into your system. All right. Well, we're going to continue this discussion with a different forward, Kevin Hayes, coming up next. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every play player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to, to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You can follow Locked On Flyers at Locked On Flyers on Twitter and Instagram. That's where you keep up to date on all the Flyers news and our episodes. You can also email the show at LockedOnFlyers at Gmail. Next week, everydayers can look forward to our countdown to the draft lottery, a wrap up on the Phantoms with Sam Wismer, and so much more. All right, Russ, I think this is the biggest elephant in the room with the Flyers, and that is what to do about Kevin Hayes. Um, I think there's a movie title. We have to talk about Kevin. Um, (laughs) I think, you know, with him, the contract value is so high. It's $7.142 There are three years left on this deal, which I think, I don't know why it seems like such a, a... much of a bigger deal to have three years left than two years left. But I think it does when you're trying to do long-term planning for an NHL team. Again, some interesting comparables, Ryan O'Reilly, the aforementioned Braden Shin, uh, Brock Nelson and Philip Deneau. I think that maybe in the past you could have compared Kevin Hayes to some of these guys, but I don't know about now. Um, He did finish second on the team with 54 points this season but as we know, it was kind of, I think, more front-loaded uh, in this season. And uh, I think that while, you know, he did produce to a certain level, the big problem here was with his two-way play, that just right. defensively he was completely absent. I mean, you know, take plus-minus with a giant, you know, chunk of salt, but negative 22 on the season is is pretty brutal for a guy that wants to claim to be an NHL center, right? Yeah, it's tough. It's, you know, I'm looking and I've looked at this one and I think they would have to shave 2 million a year for 2 years of that contract and and that's just to get like a decent draft pick, like a second rounder. And it would be like next year, it wouldn't even be this year. I think that's something that you could hope for. Now, if you don't want the pick, if they wanted a player, so let's say we were trading with Columbus, Columbus would probably trade you a player that they don't think they could re-sign, especially if they take on Hayes. They say, eh, you know, like someone like Liam Foody, I think he's going into the last year of an RFA deal, you know, 23-year-old. He hasn't really fully hit there. If they have no interest in him or something like that, you know, maybe you trade him for him. But, you know, if foodies in their plans, they're going to be like, no, we'll still give you that second. So 
Like that's what you're, that's what I think they would do is, you know, if you're the flyers, you can kind of go down the list and say, well, you, what are you going to do with that guy? What are you going to do with that guy? Maybe you find one that they're not going to extend and that maybe you would, if you liked them or if Torts liked them. So, you know, maybe for Hayes, because Columbus had some interest from what I heard, that's who you start looking at is Columbus. Cause at least Torts knows the players and that makes it easier for Briere to get a player if they're going to offer you a player. Yeah, and I think with Columbus, I think where you're thinking is is pretty spot on. They are going to have to retain salary, you know, unless it's like Arizona trying to get to the cap floor situation. Uh, but I just don't see this working with a Kevin Hayes deal this time around just because I think based on the last couple of years of Arizona's drafting, they're in a, a slightly different situation this year that they still may have to work to get to a cap floor, but with a guy like Kevin Hayes, that's not it. I, I think there is an understanding out there that Kevin Hayes hasn't been entirely happy this year and that, you know, whatever they you get out of him next season is probably going to be better than what he provided for the Flyers this year just because the change of scenery thing might help, uh, you know, going to Columbus with his buddy, Johnny Goudreau might be of some help to him in, in that department. Uh, but again, I think that for a guy making that much money, even if the flyers would have to retain salary, if you kind of value him as a third liner, because that's essentially what he is right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So if he's a third liner, now and you're still gonna try and you know justify having to pay like five or 5.5 million out of your own pockets for him that's still a lot and yeah, no, i I, th I think that's why where the struggle is gonna have to be yeah the struggle is there but like i said the only saving grace with columbus might be if you shave off enough they have a lot of guys that are a year or two away from uh being RFAs, UFAs, and and so you start looking at that and you say, mm, maybe there's somebody we could pry, even if I have to now um, throw in a late-round pick of my own to balance it out because you, you decide that that's what you need. You know, I have to look It's at hard that. to justify that, though, right? Because that's something the Flyers have done, and that's what Chuck Fletcher did, is, like, throw away picks in order to get well, throw away. Good earlier picks. He didn't necessarily throw away those kinds of picks. That's true. I mean, like if it's a seventh rounder or yeah, a sixth rounder, sixth sorry, rounder, yeah, you know, yeah, you know. All right, but it's. It, I think that having to pay higher round picks, like a second or a third round pick, to get somebody to take one of your assets is like that's a no go from now on. Right. Right. Yeah, so like Foodie's a year away from his last RFA, so he's probably not going to be that guy. Um, Matthew Oliver. They have a lot of guys with some interesting contract situations, but I, I don't. I still think it would end up being a pick, and I think it would just be like a second round pick, or maybe even a conditional second. Like, hey, if he reaches this, it's a third that turns into a second. If you could do that and lose some of the money, it's probably worth it. Because in the end, what is it going to cost you in wins? Two, three? And I think on the upside, and I think a good selling point for him is that, um, you know, he stayed relatively healthy this year. Uh, he played yeah. 81 games. 
He did. This season. And I think that, you know, whatever injury problems he may have had in the past, we got a full season out of Kevin Hayes this year. And, and that's something that I think you can, you can put on the, the list of pros to sell to potential buyers here. Yeah. This is a very limited market though. So like, you know, after someone like Columbus, only because of Goudreau, it gets more limited. Of course you go to the Bruins and but the Bruins don't like salary, so it's and they don't have really room for any. So it's like no. they probably can't do it unless there's somebody they're swapping you and you're taking a bad contract back from them. That's it. That, that, those are the kinds of conversations. So I don't I don't feel like the Kevin Hayes one's very achievable. I wouldn't give Danny um, bad marks if Kevin Hayes is in camp to start the year because he's up against it with that one. Yeah, I think so too. I think you absolutely take your shot here and you oh, yeah. you do whatever you can to try and make a deal. But at the same time, you know, this is a very difficult kind of negotiation you would have to do. And I think it's more worth it to have Kevin Hayes on the flyers with what he can provide than to make a bad deal. Right, right. I mean, I, I agree with that. So, and that's more like the likelihood of him being there than not being there. Yeah, I absolutely agree. All right, we've got one more player to talk about on the Flyers' potential trading block, and that is Ivan Provorov. We'll do that coming up next. So, Russ, uh, Ivan Provorov, I've gone back and forth this whole year on whether or not I think it would be good to try and trade him. And Frankly, his play has been up and down over the course of this season, and that's probably has a lot to do with it. But I think it's an interesting possibility. He's got six point seven five million left uh, on a two sorry two years left on this contract, and for a guy that's a first pairing defenseman on an NHL team, that is an extremely reasonable price to pay. Now, is he a top pairing defenseman? across the league? Probably not. I would say he's a top tier second pairing defenseman in right. the NHL right now. And so, you know, if you're looking at comparables, you could bring up Josh Morrissey or Matt Dumba, both of whom are very good defensemen, but they're not elite level defensemen. And that's kind of where Ivan Provorov has been, except this year was just so difficult for him that I think that actually provides a little bit of wiggle room here, given that that salary is actually pretty reasonable for a second pairing defenseman for a mm -hmm. different team to pay. And you might be able to get away with not eating any salary and retention here. Yeah. I don't think you'd have to eat salary for retention. I think that's, that's a positive. Uh, I think you could get a young, talented defenseman and a pick. And the pick, again, it's it's not going to be a first. It probably would be a second. And that's fine, depending on who the guy is. So, like, as an example, and again, now, I'm going to be willing to trade him anywhere. So I don't care if it's in division or not. So the people that are worried about that, don't worry about it. Because by the time it all matters, his contract could be up and he could be headed to New York for the Islanders or the Rangers anyhow, because that's kind of where he wants to be in the end, right? So you have to look at this short term and see what I can get out of it. And a team that still has to win now are the Capitals. So if I was calling the Capitals, I would say, you know, give me Ryan Chesley and a second. You know, Chesley's probably three years away. 
Uh, there's a little bit of Ryan McDonough in him. It's going to take him a little while to get there. Really solid U.S. defenseman. He had a nice year this year. He's he's not like offensively gifted at all, but he's really defensively gifted and and really good at it. Right. So, but he can move the puck and he can get points. It's not like he's bereft of that. But he's a um, a really good prospect that just needs some time. And yeah, the Capitals would get a couple of years with him, which is basically what they have with Ovechkin anyhow, right? They just lost Orlov. I, I you know I think I could you know start up a conversation with him at least. Yeah, we talked about Chesley uh, last year when we were going through our draft prospects, and he definitely is a guy with significant upside to him. Yeah, You know, the problem with getting potentially what you need in return is that Ivan Provorov was not very good defensively this year. A lot of giveaways. He had the most on the team by a mile. He was not good on the penalty kill. Um, he did block a metric ton of shots uh, buying into the tort system, but he certainly was not as active at play driving this year. And so, you know, when you're a team looking at that, I think that, you know, this is a guy who was a first round draft pick, uh, but hasn't really lived up to it. Now you could sort of say, well, he had to take on a too big a role too soon mm -hmm. and there could be, something to that, that you put him in a more um, sheltered environment, that's where he can thrive, right? Because he, he'll just take off and do his own thing. And he knows that there's going to be a deep part with the right D partner there to support him. And well, look at the upgrade. He, he would be like, so as an example, mm -hmm. um, you have Fayavari and Carlson is really, you know, getting hurt every year now. So I don't know what he'll be like. He'll run the power play for a couple more years. Rasmus Sandin, that's your second power play guy. So Provorov doesn't have to play the power play. And Nick Jensen. Mm, I think Provorov's better than Nick Jensen. So that's an upgrade right there. So either for Feyavari or Jensen, you know, that's that's an upgrade for them because then it pushes everybody else down. And, you know, maybe Alexiev doesn't have to play, and maybe Trevor Van Riemsdyk then gets a you know a little bit bigger bite. And but that's a better defense for them going into next year if they have that. So you know, if you get them a little desperate, you know, Chesley looked good. I watched him, you know, with Minnesota. They went pretty far. He played in some good high leverage situations and played well. Like, he doesn't make mistakes. You could do something like that. I think that's a good thing. So, and it's not going to be exactly like that, obviously. But that's the kind of deal I'm shopping for. Because if I don't make that kind of deal, I'm not making a deal. Like, I'm just not going to deal. Yeah. It, now, if you're looking just strictly for draft picks, though, like, what do you ask in return? and not not a player in return okay i mean i will make it clear i'm not looking for draft picks for him but if they were uh you probably could get a conditional first and maybe you could get a third maybe i think i think a third and a conditional first is the best you could hope for but again i don't want a bucket of draft picks because in this draft a lot of the defensemen are going to go in the second round i don't have a second round pick so i need to sort of get more defensemen into my system if I'm trading some of these guys because chances are if I get one from this draft it's not going to be the caliber that I need I already know what's in Lehigh and even at York looking at being the best of the bunch still don't know if he's a top pairing guy so I need to I need to dig in on the defensive area and really so that's that's why I'm looking at it for that perspective rather than picks Right. It's interesting you say that just because I, I think that, you know, when we were talking about Travis Konechny, it 
asking for a player in return would only be if we dropped the a first round pick down to a second round pick. Um, yeah. And that would be a secondary asset in the return. I think with Kevin Hayes, you take what you can get in yeah. the, and you're really kind of just looking for assets here that are, that you can add to your bank. Right. Cause I don't think like replacing him offensively with where the flyers are going is going to be as big a deal moving yeah. forward with Ivan Provorov. I think there's, there would be a huge hole defensively. Yeah. Right. And and that's why you're saying like, we need to get a player back in return. Um, and, and I think you're, you're on point there. I, I think that that makes a certain degree of sense, but I think if you're looking at the totality of potential asset deals that the flyers are going to make this off season, it really has to be overall, I think, heavily weighted toward getting picks and, you know, or prospects that you really think are going to hit that it's not, you know, older players that you, but you really do need to focus on getting picks to build for the future in a true rebuild. So you have to kind of look at all of the potential deals in totality, but yeah, it's, that's easier said than done. Right. Yeah. It's easier said than done. I think it is good to target a college guy because he can come out anytime. I think it's good that, like, let's say you got a guy like Chesley. He knows Gauthier. They played on the same team. That's good. You get continuity building. I think there's a, a bunch of good reasons. And this year you take the hit, so Ristolainen is now going to have to be a top pairing guy and everybody else, you know, there's going to be, you know, maybe Adder has to start the year and see what he is. You know, you might have to change that plan a little bit. You pick up a guy uh, in free agency a year for a year or two deal. And then, in you know, after two years, then you're starting to look a little better on the blue line and you've gotten rid of at least some of the higher cost guys, except for Sanheim, and he's going to have to just come through. And, you know, it's looking a little better for the future because, you know, even right now, I don't have great thoughts about Travis Sanheim's future. He really has to prove it to me again. Yeah, I just don't think he is as big a potential trade asset as the three guys He's not. that we have discussed today, just again, because he had had a weaker season this year. And he's and got he a really... long deal now. Yeah. Yep, yep. So, I mean, we can talk about it, but I think the three guys we talked about today are the most likely to be considered seriously, right? Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, that will do it for today's show. Thanks again for making us your first listen and everyday listeners. Monday on the show, we will have the latest Flyers news. We're going to wrap up U18s and have our nemesis of the week. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So you can send in your mailbag questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers or email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail. I'm Rachel Donner. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russell at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Thanks again for listening and have a great weekend, everybody.